My friends, no shame was given this episode. We are going to tell some of our finest, are they finest? Maybe least finest moments uh, from college and beyond, uh, whether it's showing up late to class, uh, showing up in embarrassing clothing, or Nick's receding hairline. Everything this episode is on the table, including the finale of Game of Thrones. And speaking of embarrassing, we're going to start off by playing a quick game that ends up being a little bit embarrassing for one of us. I'm not going to name names, but it's me. Uh, anyway, welcome to, if I may, episode 49. Let's go. Guess the sound. Is the tapping necessary or are you just lifting something up? And re-rubbing. No, on it's it. necessary. Ooh. Okay, hold on. No, no, this is great. I can can I ask yes or no questions? How about that? Okay. Uh give me one second. Like, I can ask any question, but it's gotta be a yes or no question. Okay. Alright, we'll work towards it. Guess right. this sound. Alright, play play the do the sound one more time. Oh, that just hurts my ears. No, it doesn't. It's it's quiet. Is it plastic? Oh my, it is very sensitive. I didn't, Brent. I, I didn't no, hear Dylan's answer. He said it is. It's plastic. Are but are both pieces that you're touching together plastic? No. Is it a metal spoon on a bowl? Uh, partially correct. It is a metal spoon. <laughs> metal spoon on a plate. Nope. Metal spoon on a piece of eating utensil. In general, uh, define the uh, the thing you're rubbing the spoon on is something you use for cooking or eating. Uh, no. Ooh, so it's spoon rubbing on something else. That's not the other thing it has nothing to do with. Okay, but it doesn't but have it anything to do with cooking or eating. Well, define eating. Oh, because. are you mixing Nesquik? Nailed it! Well, that's Kyle's classic. No, that's I Dylan's know, classic. It took him forever I, to get it. I'm sorry. Did I don't you know copy Dylan? So Dylan likes Nesquik. I'm a more of a Hershey syrup guy if I'm going to mix my own. Well, the idea, mm. though. The idea was something I picked up from you, Kyle. Why oh, buy here. chocolate milk when you can make it yourself? I would never buy chocolate milk. That's just... Okay, okay, here. Insane. I got a new one. All right, what is this sound? Oh, it's not It's not picking up as well as I was hoping. I was going to say I didn't hear anything yet. No, yeah, okay, buddy, no. It's not going to work. It was Bucky Balls, like the little ball magnets. Oh, were they slightly they hit together? Yeah, I was having them like hit together, like peeling them apart. I, was, I feel like I not loud probably would have figured that out, but... It wasn't loud enough to get picked up. Brent, make a sound. Uh, oh, I got one. That was you smacking your boom stand. Nope. <laughs> Can you hear it? Put it right next to the mic. Don't rub it on the mic. Next to it. Are you rubbing your hair? Nope. Can you not hear it? I'm Are you rubbing a brush of I some sort? It sounds like you're scratching something. I can't, I can't do too much more of this. It's making a mess. You're brushing I, maple. 
Back it away from Are the mic a little something? bit as you're doing it. What? Like, do it farther away from the mic. It's almost okay. too loud. <clears throat> All right. I can't do it. I have 40 tissues in my hand now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just not good. I would have never guessed that. <laughs> At some point, you just have to call it quit. My hand. I, I'll take a picture of this. That was gold. I'll take oh a picture. I'll send it to you. Kyle, have you seen the magician where he stands on America's Got Talent and he does like meaningless things, but he, it comes off as magic? So, like, one of them is where he stands on stage with a with a uh, Kleenex box and he pulls one out and another one's like yeah, magic yeah, I've there. I've seen that. I've seen that. That was good. It was like just common everyday things that are just mind blowing. I got magic. Put all these back in. <laughs> oh, all right. Just shove them in there. And wait for Heather to find them. <laughs> what is this? She pulls one out. Another one doesn't follow it. Whoever is like not in there. This is broken. Well, the thing is, now that I pull them out, it looks like it's all like they've all been used, and I just put them back in. They're all like scrunched up, like I, I sniffled my nose. I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna put them all back in. I know I have forty Kleenex uh, in my hand. <laughs> Nick, what's your favorite bobblehead? Is Nick talking? Because I can't hear him at all. No, I I do not talk bobbleheads. I don't have a favorite bobblehead. Why are we talking about bobbleheads? Because we're looking for topics to like start the podcast on. We got a great clip of Brent with the whole "What's that sound?" Uh, but we haven't led into anything else meaningful since. And I don't well, I would say bobbleheads are meaningful. You know, if you shop, no. you no, bobbleheads are not useful or meaningful uh, or anything. It doesn't need to be meaningful or useful to be a podcast topic. That's the joy of the internet. Um, 99% okay, of all stuff well, on It's one of those like, collector objects. You're bland bullshit. Bland I bullshit. I don't know. I mean, there's been other topics. There's from some really like, super expensive bobbleheads that are super rare. Right. It's just, I think it's like a collector's thing, just like baseball cards or you know anything like that. It's, you know... You basically are you collecting bobbleheads instead of those. Or what's another thing that you get just like one of, or you get it for free and you don't really care, Magnets. but I'm sure somebody collects them. Magnets or spoons. Those are like the most common collection. Yeah, those baby spoon things. Like yep. that's a stupid collection. My mom had a whole collection of little spoons like, from around what? the world. Spoons. My mom did those uh, pens that have like the floaty things inside of them. So like she'd go on a cruise and get like a cruise pen. And so like the whole pen would have like a cruise ship floaty inside of it. That would like slide back and forth as you tilt the thing. She used to, she had a collection of those. What, where's the, the line between collecting something and hoarding? Like there's gotta be a middle line there. Like, yeah, I have a, a collection of and some random thing like bobbleheads or I just don't throw out bobbleheads. I have too many. Like, is there a line where a collection gets over the top or or not? I mean, I think if it's like branded to be a collector's thing, that's one thing. But if they're just collecting random stuff, like there's a guy that has like the Guinness Book of World Records 
great example of people that just hoard random stuff. Because, like, there's the world record for the, the world's largest, uh, like, chocolate or ketchup collection. Yeah. The world's largest ketchup collection and the world's largest mustard collection. It's like, what? Like, why? And it's an individual, not like a company where it might actually make sense for them to have samples of different people's product. But, like, literally just an individual has the largest collection of ketchup and or mustard. It's like, what? Why? Like, why? Like, that doesn't make any sense. That sounds like hoarding to me. But doesn't ketchup and stuff go bad after a while, too? Do you ever intend to eat the ketchup or what's like, I don't, that's where collection does like loses me a little bit. What, what do you gain from it? Like, what do you get from having bobbleheads? Maybe a little bit of joy, but. Or like the pop vinyls. I know my brother does does the pop vinyls a lot and it's like, I mean, those I kind of get because they're like of, of characters you're emotionally invested in, but I don't know. I guess bobbleheads would be kind of the same. Yeah, but then Game of Thrones comes along and ruins all the characters you were quote unquote emotionally <laughs> invested in. <laughs> Nick is very butthurt this week. Uh as we all are. I think Nick takes it a little bit more personally than most of us, per his Game of Thrones seriousness, as we've alluded to earlier. But uh Yeah. Yeah. So Nick, do you have as far as oh, sorry, uh, staying on the collection. They exist. They're out there. <laughs> <laughs> staying on the uh, collection standpoint one one thing i can uh, point to i had a uh, college buddy whose dad collected hats it was a very normal collection nothing fantastic i don't think he had a hat worth more than 30 bucks i think most of them were probably 10 to 15 dollars souvenir hats from places that he had traveled mostly baseball caps uh if not all baseball caps i I can't remember perfectly but what really stood out about his collection is that he stored them in the rafters of his basement so it wasn't a basement that was entirely finished so the 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 ceiling essentially and he hung all of his hats in the space uh, between the wood uh, in the ceiling area. So that worked out really, really well and was kind of cool and kind of inspired me to buy a bunch of new baseball caps, which I've stopped doing since because I just don't need to wear them that much. And I've never worried that much about going bald, which admittedly I I am. I (laughs) have uh, a lot of thinning going on. Not afraid to admit it. Oh, I have no problem hair very short to begin with but i have no grand illusions of saying that i haven't had a receding hairline and that i'm not thinning out in certain areas however it doesn't need a sponsor it doesn't for that <laughs> if somebody wants to if some company like wants to sponsor, sponsor for hairline. that oh, we don't even you even need to pay us just give nick products so he doesn't go bald exactly save our friends save our friends <laughs> save nick's hair let's start a gofundme because that's the generation i can say we'll start a gofundme <laughs> Save my friend's hair. (laughs) We need five people to pledge one dollar a month. Exactly. (laughs) And we can uh, buy them some hair product. Heard on hair is it comes from your mother's father for for men, I I, I think. Like an urban legend. I I don't know if it has any actuality um, uh, in in the statement, but that was what I was always told: where your hair comes from, your your mother's father. It comes from your mother's side. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, perfect. I thought you got it from your grandparents. Like you, the majority of your traits are actually from your grandparents. 
I really hope my uh, hair is from the grandpa on my dad's side because he had a great head of hair. My mom's dad, not so much. Ironically, I have a bit of a similar situation where my uh, grandfather on my father's side has a full head of hair and he's pushing close to 70 if he's not. He might be over 70, actually, which makes me a horrible grandchild for not knowing. But he had he has a full head of hair still. And my mother's father, my grandfather, obviously, on that side, had thinning hair into his late 60s. And I think he passed in a nursing home around that age. Uh, I was very young when that occurred, but he still had hair. Now, it wasn't wasn't a lot. And it was certainly just kind of wispy and thin, but I could claim that theoretically I still have hair, but I, uh, I have a couple of family members. I have an uncle and I have a cousin who are both, um, bald. And I, I think for men, uh, bald looks good. Uh, it's, it's maybe just my opinion and it's, it's kind of always been my opinion. I've always thought my uncle looked cool. I always thought my cousin, if I had thinning hair, I'd claim that uh, as well. All right. What's I got it? you, Nick. I googled the number one product for balding, for uh, for thinning hair, and I came up with for the number one shampoo, I came up with Alltrax Labs Hair Surge, which is on Amazon.com for fifty six dollars. So that's we it. GoFundMe, go for sixty bucks, sixty dollars, and we could buy you uh, hair, hair, Alltrax Labs Hair Surge uh, shampoo. It's the number one shampoo. I really would appreciate that. But at the same time, I'm the kid who grew up and didn't want to wear contacts because it was too much effort. And I didn't care that girls would call me nerdy or I'd be called called four eyes or anything like that. I've never been that concerned with my appearance. Like, it's just not in my personality. We are concerned, Nick. We are concerned. (laughs) For presenting the group as an individual, I need to have hair is what you're saying? (laughs) No, no, no. I'm just saying that if you are willing, if you want the help, we're here for you. Or better oh, I, yet, I we'll start a t-shirt. We'll do a t-shirt for saving uh, Nick's hair, and we'll put all merch sales towards Nick's uh, shampoo product that will save his hair. <laughs> <laughs> Except for it'll probably end up ruining it. I just we'll imagine for... from those TV shows. <laughs> yeah, right. The hair, like, he has weird hair. I start growing, like, all red hair as opposed <laughs> to my natural, like, Gives you a six-pack. <laughs> <laughs> gives him a, six a hairy six pack. Not even, like it doesn't. Actually... It's like a bunch Grows of out of my gut. Yes, that would be fantastic. <laughs> Start growing ear hair like crazy. Yeah. So, no, I've, I've never been. I've never been that concerned with how I look. Certainly, I can clean up in my my LinkedIn profile picture and my Facebook pictures occasionally. Whenever I update those. Are, are generally flattering, uh, you know, angles at least. But I've just never been horribly concerned about. I'm not the guy who wakes up and I don't know how women do it. Uh, the stereotypical girl in high school who gets up and uh, you know takes time to do her hair and shower and do makeup and all this so other crap. So much and, effort. I mean, but I, I love it by like it's especially going to a school where there weren't a lot of women by like sophomore year, at least most of the women at Michigan tech just stopped trying because they realized they didn't need to. And at the beginning of every year, you <laughs> see all these freshmen dolled up who are going into class who are, you know, put all this effort into getting ready in the dorms and, and prepping to go to class and just have a day. Nobody cares. And by sophomore year, I think everyone was just in yoga pants and sweatshirts and, like if you got them to wear jeans to class, uh, it was it was a good day or something was up. Uh, I think that's, that's a generic college thing. 
would say yeah, very rapidly. I just wore snow pants to class. I didn't wear anything underneath. <laughs> just snow pants? Yeah. Just snow pants. My, you remember my, you know, my bright yellow snow pants? <laughs> no way. I, I just went to school or went to class in my bright yellow snow pants and underwear, and that was it. That might be TMI. No, it's not. That was just like, at that point, like, you're just relaxed and you had to wear snow pants to get to class because we were walking in, like, a couple feet of snow. I, I know that struggle at Michigan Tech. I mean, you just wore whatever. Hunting season was always the most interesting because uh, I came into class one day with blood on me and I've seen a number of other uh, students that are walking around campus and it's like, it's deer season and this dude clearly just shot a deer this morning. And did not have time to change from gutting the animal to come to class. <laughs> You're just like, it's a bunch of dried blood. Yeah, What's the, right, well, so I have my story, but I'll let you guys go first. What is the worst way you showed up to a college class? Like whether that's hungover or, you know, whatever. What's the worst way you've actually attended a class? Brent. Would you like to go first on this? Yeah. I Brent's got was it. The I'm only sure. Person. In Madison, I was super cool. Um, for some reason, it was negative 40. They were closing schools down. I was the only person to wear snow pants. I don't know how people got to class. I just, I embraced it. I mean, maybe in the other places, other schools, they are a little bit more practical. But nobody in Madison wanted to wear snow pants. So but I showed to class quick. and I'm just decked up. So that's I'm the most embarrassing time or craziest thing you've worn to class? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, I would just wear whatever. I don't know. I just didn't go. If that was in a situation where I, like, was not fit for class, I just didn't go. My... Sometimes I would, sometimes I'd go with, like, mouse dung. Like, I'd smell terrible and my shirt would be all wet because I worked at a research lab where I'd clean out mouse, conta- like, cages. And sometimes I'd come just covered in that stuff. But it's not embarrassing. That's just, you're doing work, you know? I had a class where the night before I had been at a rugby party and I was wearing a sweatshirt and the next day I, it was not quite warm enough for a jacket. And I I mean, I was a little hungover, not, I I would say I wasn't crazy (laughs) hungover, but I was definitely a little hungover. It was, you know, like a nine o'clock class or something like that. And yeah, I got, I got, changed i showered uh, you know whatnot like i i fully prepared myself for class but then i threw on that same sweatshirt and walked to class i didn't realize like i just didn't like it didn't comprehend that i just wore this last night to a rugby party i get into class i'm in like the middle of the room and like halfway through the class i realize my sweatshirt is soaked in beer like I just reek of beer. <laughs> so I, I like, I take the sweatshirt off and I put it inside my backpack to like, try to mask it a little bit. But like, I can tell, like I still smell like beer, like this soaking wet sweatshirt People around you are staring. No, nobody's sta- like, I was surprised. Nobody said anything. Cause like, I must've reeked of beer. Cause it was literally mm. like part of my sweatshirt was soaked in beer. Like that was definitely one of the worst uh, i would say the second worst would be going to class with my rugby haircut for Mudfest in platteville oh that's all in good fun though yeah yeah but when you have a vagina shaved in the top of your head <laughs> literally the top of my head was shaved bald had an outline of a <laughs> vagina with like some of my bangs left over to be the happy trail and a penis in the oh. back of my head 
Like it was uh, <laughs> mine was terrible. We might have had different college experiences. I don't remember. <laughs> I think I don't remember what mine was. I think I had a double double mohawk or something. Or like I had yeah, you had a mohawk something. Mine was cool though. I liked it, but uh, I don't think I've ever gone to class. Um, I don't think I've ever gone to class where I wasn't like prepared beforehand. I've never really had like an embarrassing moment. Like when I went to class in snow pants and underwear, like that was on purpose. But uh, I've I have have you guys ever had like a walk of shame where like you go out and you do something that is kind of embarrassing and then you have to like walk home. And like I remember, we used to sit like we'd like set up set out a couch on the on the balcony, balcony out on the yard even, and like we would just like hoot and holler at all the girls that were like walking home like the next morning. You're literally one of those like sexist peoples that college campuses claim about, like complain about. Yeah, probably, no, probably, (laughs) but like, yeah, literally the stereotypical frat kid that's hooting at a kid. Yeah, that's true. But I, I mean, I've had those moments, moments myself. Kyle, do you remember? I think you picked me up from my rugby experience. I did. And my, well, yeah, I picked you and your buddy. I had to up walk from... back. Yeah, I had to walk back to the barracks with my legs sharpie black. Like I, that was very it's embarrassing. Funny how me. you call dorms barracks. Uh, I guess they are dorms, aren't they? <laughs> but yes. Yeah, but I, yeah I, I I had to. That was bad. That I was remember. Bad yeah, morning, I picked so up I you and one of your buddies from that from your rugby initiation. And I don't know yep. me personally in rugby initiation. I think I got more beer on me than in me. Maybe that'll be a story for another podcast. But uh, yeah, you're supposed to. You're yeah, supposed to be well, yeah. Beer. I remember you. Pick, I picked up you and your buddy, and you were just so super smelly. And yeah, I forgot where I dropped you off, but you're like, this is fine. And then I dropped you guys off, and then yeah, you walked to your dorm. So if I may, I believe, I know you, Kyle, were an RA, and I believe Dylan was as well. How does being an RA and being on the rugby team work? It didn't. Uh, You you know you don't. You you stop being on the rugby team. You got to choose one or the other. Those are different lives. Yeah, I remember like when I was an RA, I think the rugby guys were practicing once when we had an event nearby, and like after the event, I like ran over and like joined into practice for a little bit. But yeah, that's about the maximum I was able to rugby while also being an RA. Yeah, being an RA kind of took up so much time that you kind of have to choose one or the other. And also one is responsible. The other was not really that responsible <laughs> unless you like took it seriously, which some people did. A lot of people, a lot of those guys played rugby like after college and they play in men's leagues and they still play. I still see messages all the time of people that I, that I used to play with in college. And they're now like they're still playing on men's leagues, which is kind of cool. Like I'm kind of jealous. Like I, I part of me wishes I would have like stayed in it, but there's like a larger percent of me that's like, ah, it's probably good that I got out of that. Dill or Nick, you had something. Go back to the uh, shame comments and. Uh... My my experience is I don't I don't think I have any shame uh, as far as far as walk of shame or whatever shame it may was. be. Not uh, surprising. Prime prime example was in my freshman year of college. I was on the football team, and as a hazing ritual that was PC enough to not get anyone in any serious trouble. The after a very cold practice, we were all headed to the showers. We took showers, and then the 
older upperclassmen were the first ones out of the showers and they had prepared with an arsenal of gold bond uh, powder. And anytime any of the freshmen came out of the showers, hammered with this powder, like they were throwing it at them in snow in exactly (laughs) just covering them. And after my first time stepping out and seeing everyone else getting covered with it, I just kind of scratched my head. And I've always been more of a thinker than your standard football player. I said to myself, <laughs> we got a smart one. Okay. Here. They're all Go standing the at shower. the exit to the showers. There's another exit through the pool and I can walk all the way around. And I just said, screw it. In nothing but a towel through the pool through the uh, SDC is the building name at Michigan tech. And I, I walked past the receptionist like in nothing but a towel. And I just <laughs> walked and hey, there was people going? going by and I, I just, I'm just like, I'm uh, headed back to the shower. Who was going to stop me? Nobody. Who was going to care? Well, especially when all the workers are also college kids. They don't care. Yeah. I mean, they're just looking at me basically in nothing but a towel. And I just smile at them. I'm like, I just feel bad for the poor soul that had to clean that up after the football football team left. Yeah, I'm sure that was a bit of a mess, but that was that was kind of the prime example of I I just don't care. Like I, I growing up, uh, I, I went to the YMCA in Appleton, and I, I grew up going very early in the morning when all the old guys were there, and they just walk around naked, and nudity it, it kind of doesn't really affect me. Like it's just oh yeah, it's a guy. Oh yeah, it's a girl. Okay, if a girl's hot, yeah, I'm gonna look. But uh, it's just like, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it's a thing. Okay, but uh, you get over it so quick. It's like, okay, cool. Like we're humans. And to be fair, that's not Nick being disloyal to Megan. That's a guy thing. If there's a naked girl nearby, you like look. you can't not. You can, you can try not to, but you're you're gonna Nature. there's gonna be a little peek. At any rate, that was kind of it. If I may, real quick, what situations do you get in where there's like a uh, a naked girl? Around? That's what I'm saying. It never ever happens. I, I, so when it does, like, um, I've been on a couple. I live a pretty exciting life then because that happens fairly regularly. I guess I don't go to the gym. I feel like I always miss out on the naked women around me. Like I just miss it somehow. Like I remember we were going like camping once, and apparently, like everybody else in the group was like freaking out. And I was like, what? And like, apparently there was this like lady just like changing was basically completely naked next to her van or whatever, changing to go into her swimming suit to go to the beach. Like I just like straight up missed it. I was like, Oh, well I guess I missed it. (laughs) See, and I, I have friends who are in the other category with me who we never miss this, this where, where, wherever, whenever it is somehow I'm there and I see it. Like I, I remember distinctly like growing up, going to a soccer game in, in actually in Wisconsin and we were on our way and we had to walk past a small neighborhood because there was a lot of parking issues and there were two people having sex in a bush. And I, I legitimately like just looked at it. I looked at my dad and I looked at it and I just kept walking. I'm just like, that's not normal. Like it registered even as a, as a younger kid playing soccer. I'm <laughs> How's like, How's it going guys? Okay. <laughs> But after, you know, a little bit, my brain kind of realized what it was. But, I mean, there's that kind of stuff. And then I'm not the only one, certainly, Kyle, who, who sees these things. And I know it because there was a phenomenon amongst our friends, and it was an ongoing joke, where the number of uh, – this is going to get graphic, but not too graphic. It will keep it relatively PC, uh, PG-13 level at least. I'm talking about naked uh, people the, here. Is- the, the number of boobs that guys had seen was an odd number. 
because at some point there was a a nip slip per se where someone saw one of someone else's boobs and then i think one of our friends had the ongoing joke that he always wanted to keep his total number of boobs seen in real life not counting the internet or what have you uh, as a an odd number and that was uh, an ongoing joke within the friend group <laughs> well, where, was there really a third uh, nipple or something what, how, how does he count accidentally that? He, something happened again where someone showed their one boob or again it just it just happened however it happened and uh he was super upset and like of course it's a great ploy but basically asked the girl to see the other one so he could keep his number odd and it's just like well played but um, it worked that's a great excuse yes it did i mean if she's already flashing one i mean there's pretty good chance you're gonna be able to get her to flash the other if you have a pretty good reasoning if if they're down to earth and you know playful or flirty uh it helps that this friend what was or is relatively attractive uh he's so he's not some creeper guy you know breathing <laughs> can i see the other one <laughs> like no it wasn't anything gross or whatever the, the the situation was was hey, hilarious like in that. hindsight <laughs> i'm not the only one not the only one who finds and sees these things just out of the random where it's just like you see that and then of course you know Someone like Kyle, no offense, just what? Whereas other people are on my level occasionally. Anyway, you say that what? Things. Like I'm completely clueless. I just, Kyle, he's you just off. said you miss you miss these things all the time. I don't, I don't people watch like Juliana. I love is people watching. A crazy so people watcher will be like walking through the mall, and be like, "Do you see them?" I'm like, no, I was not. Pay- I was looking at which store I wanted to go to, or like that the the pretzel, the Aunt Jemima pretzels, or whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Like I was looking I at those. You. I'm sorry. Like I was not paying attention to all the other people around me. I just, I just wasn't. I'd, I'd say I'm a people watcher. I, uh, people watcher. I think that's my favorite thing about going out in public is seeing all the crazy people. Like, there's my, definitely. I, some... I feel like my goal is to find like the craziest thing to like just see in a public setting. I don't know if I said this yeah. on the podcast before, but yeah. New York City is one of the people places I will definitely people watch. And there was this guy last time I went to New York City who I was like walking down the street and he was like crunched over in like against a wall, but like in like a little nook against the wall. I'm like, what the heck? Like, what is he like? He was like hunched over. I was like, okay, is he like making a deal or going crazy or what? So I like, I I like paid a little bit more attention and he was lighting up, no joke, at least a full pack of cigarettes in his mouth at one time. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> like the entire pack at once. Like this is, I'm not even exaggerating. Like it was legit an entire, and it wasn't just like a standard, like Marlboro or whatever. Like it was like almost cigars where they're like, they're like almost hand wrapped looking where they're like Brown. It was like an entire pack worth of those that he was lighting up all at once. And then he turns around pretty much right as I finished passing them. He takes them with like, the pointer finger and thumb. Like that's the bundle of these he had. He takes it out of his mouth, breathes out, puts it right back in and starts smoking on it. It was like, Oh my God, dude. <laughs> I'm awesome. not a doctor, but that sounds unhealthy. <laughs> it was just like, Holy shit. Like that was so many cigarettes at once. Probably blunts. I, I, it didn't smell like a blunt. It did not smell like uh, the THC, but, uh, yeah, it was like, oh my god, dude! Like, 
I know Brent, you, you once told a story about like how in cross country, as you like run past people that are smoking, everybody would be like, cancer, cancer. Oh that, my God. That's exactly what I was thinking with this guy is like, Oh, you, death, just uh, death. Like that's not just cancer. Oh, you're so insta dead. Well, when you're running, you want to be healthy. So when people smoke, they're trying to ruin your season is the thought. So you had to let them have it. Um, that's one of those things too. When you're running cross country, you just get really, really bored. I mean, especially if you're putting in like five, six miles. So I you, get you bored playing game. my sport. Like I would say good morning to almost everyone I saw, no matter what time of day. <laughs> because you know, like you got to do something to entertain yourself. Um, there'd be different games and stories. One game I think we play that is definitely not politically correct, and we're high school, just to clarify. But we'd always play the the guy or girl because when you you're far away from someone, you're looking at them. Sometimes it's really hard to tell. So you, you especially look from say, a distance, you don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe I mean, they're a Z. Here, you don't you don't know. And the man buns. Yeah, man buns and all that. So it was just especially like, in cross country handbags. All the cross country runners had man buns. So if I may, if I may. Brent, are you implying that there are, in fact, only two genders? Oh, my God. I'm not getting into this. It's a trap. It's a Brent, trap. How rude of you. Knows. How insensitive. I knew it. I know. A high school me was such a bad kid. I lived on the edge. So, it's yeah. A new world. But basically, your cross country was so boring, you had to make up games. Like, your, your sport. Yeah, you won. Your you sport won. was boring. so boring. Yes. Tell it. Preach. Like, give it to us, Kyle. I, I, give it to us. I will say, like, my favorite cross-country shirt is the one that's like, oh, my sport is your sport's punishment. But it's like, I, I never understood running. Sport? <laughs> yeah, right? It's not a sport. To be fair, cross-country is not a sport. It is it a is race. A it is a competition. It is not a sport. It is putting I feel like, have we had the sport man. conversation Mono, on the podcast yet? We have. We have. We've touched on it already. We've Racing, touched on Cross-country is a race or a competition. It's not a sport. So I don't it's know if it's a very I've... tough competition though, because golf's a competition. You don't get as tired playing golf as you. I would agree. Win. Golf is also a competition. But we don't need to get into it. I, I agree. I I'll take competition. If as I long may... as there's a competitive nature to it, I'm cool with it. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, one of the things I wanted to touch on is we were reminiscing with our college stories and. Brent, you're talking about being such a, a horrible person or uh, a, a kid who's on the edge growing up. Um, one of the things That's that me. came to mind in being remotely shameful, although, again, I had no shame. I'll, I'll leave names out of it other than my, my shameful self. But in college, I had a roommate that uh, shared an 8 a.m. class with me. And what we would do before every 8 a.m. class we actually made, I think, all of them. If if we missed one, I can't remember. I can't remember it. We we always made this 8 a.m. class. I'm not sure if it was affecting our grade or what our motivation was to go to this 8 a.m. class. But we went and uh, our, our standard policy is whoever woke up first got to wake the other one up by cracking a beer in their face. Let's go. That was that was how you woke them up. They, they'd have to slam the beer. And then uh, the other individual would have to uh, have their beer on the way to class. I would have been waking up to having to chug a beer at all times, every day, if that was the case. <laughs> Especially in college, you would have. So, yeah, we, we had to wake each other up by by cracking a beer. And then we went to 8 a.m. class. 
And then the other uh, drinking-related event for class was on Fridays, I had a cost accounting class with a teacher who was pushing 75, 80 years old, lovely old lady, but she was fine. She was just oblivious to the world and she would have her lesson plan and she would face the board and she would talk to the board and write on the board and the notes would be on the board and that was sufficient, but she'd never look at the class outside of, um, you know, if you interrupted her. And there was an individual who I had been through because it was a small college, several classes with who always sat in the front row. And this wasn't the, ah, yes, they're going to be a CPA. They're brilliant. I'm sitting in the front row. No, this was the, I needed the attention and I'm going to talk just because I need to talk in the front row. He would always say the snarkiest, most idiotic things possible. Uh, Like if I were to try and think of something dirty off of every sentence Kyle says, and then every, at least every two to three sentences just come in with a, that's what she said. Like the whole class would just be oh like grown. Now it was accounting related. It was business related, but he, he prided himself on being able to seem so snarky and it was just the stupidest stuff ever. So what I did on Fridays, my ritual became, uh, I would, I would bring a water bottle to class and I would, have a, a mixed beverage of choice in that water bottle. And every time that guy opened his mouth and said something stupid, <laughs> take a drink. I, I, I'd take a, I'd take a drink, not a big drink, just a drink. And I don't think there was one Friday that I didn't finish my drink before the end of the class. And uh, <laughs> enough, enough because I had friends in the class that I talked to or could smell my breath or whatever it was. Um, it became a, a, a bit of a known fact that I did this on Fridays and anytime he said something stupid, everyone would look at me and I would gauge whether or not it was drink worthy. <laughs> Just kind of be like, eh, all right, raise my water bottle, take a sip. I'm kind of surprised <laughs> the people around you didn't bring a drink to like drink with you. When Yeah. Well, you, it's one of those things you can't really tell anybody around you, right? Because only one yeah. of them has to be a little douchebag about it. And then you'll get screwed over by, you know, um, some policy. I had a classmate who regularly chewed and spit in class. That was a pretty common practice. So tobacco was allowed, alcohol. If I was 21 and I didn't have a container that was obviously containing alcohol, how could you tell? Right, but I'm just saying you can't. It's hard to get other people around you to participate because then you'd have to trust them, you know, them directly in order to know that they're not going to be a narc or you know do something stupid where you're going to get in trouble for it. Agreed. But those were those were some of my antics uh, in, in class that I had zero shame about um, through. I graduated. I <laughs> no definitely issues. went to less than um, half. I definitely went to less than half of my total engineering accounting class. And I just I aced that class. It was the stupidest class in the world. Literally attended maybe one in three classes on like. It might have been close to that, and I still got an A in that class. It was the dumbest class ever. It was because it was literally just all formulas. As long as you, as long as you get it, you would just go to the test. Go and you'd have the book for all the tests. And I was just good enough at this junk that I could just learn it on the spot if I needed to. If you guys were to go back, would you have done it the same way? Like, would you guys? Still do the the whimsical or drinking in class or whatever. You know, would 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 you have changed your behavior knowing what you know now, or 
if is that like an acceptable way to go Literally going back with my current memories, I would do more messing around. Yeah, I, I, I take that uh, same stance. Knowing now what the corporate world expects from interns, uh, it's it's hilarious to me. Um, most most interns uh, are fulfilling their their goal if they're able to figure out how to use the printer and get coffee. And that's not just a sitcom stereotype. Like legitimately, I've been there with managers who have worked in a field for 15 years, 30 years, um, you know, a, a long tenured individual who's just like, oh, yeah, um, well, maybe I can get the intern to do that, see if they can figure it out. Like <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not anything. It's just like, yeah, the printer, you're young. You can figure out the technology. Good luck. That'll be your next month of work. <laughs> like, like, I mean, just that Slightly whole experience. higher standards in the engineering world, but uh, I'm, I'm sure in, in, in the engineering <laughs> world, but in, in business per se. Um, yeah, it's the bar is low. And of course you want to do better and you, or you want to do well and, uh, you know, represent yourself. But at the same time, like the bar is set so, so low that it's, it's comical. Um, the one thing I would say I would consider doing differently is my freshman year. I think joining a fraternity could have been cool. I, I don't have any regrets for not having done it, but I would say, okay, Screw if we're going to try something join little, rugby, it's way better. <laughs> yeah. Fraternities I would, are kind of frowned upon in our school the school and and the setup uh most of my friends were in the fraternities and the fraternities were the places to be in the summers and i only that would that would be the other thing sorry um i would stay in houghton for the summers i only did one summer up there and it was the best summer of my life now it was easily or it was it was better because I was an upperclassman because I knew everyone in town essentially. And that made it really easy. But for, for one summer of my life, I was the cliche popular dude. Like I wake up and I've got eight to 12 texts blowing up my phone saying, Hey, what are we doing today? And I'd wake up and I'd look at uh, my roommate or, you know, call a buddy and just be like, Hey, what do we feel all like these doing? people want to do something? What do you want to do? And I think Devin and I, just basically decided because uh, volleyball was our favorite thing to do. And it allowed everybody to participate in some way, shape or form. It's like, okay, well, where do you want to play volleyball today? Well, there's Hancock beach. There's this fraternity, that fraternity. We can do this. We can do that. And basically I, I was the cliche popular college guy where I just said, here's what we're doing today. And here's where we're doing it. And I wasn't a member of the fraternities and I'd still be like, yeah, we're going to this fraternity house. I want to play on their court. It's, it's a little nicer. They have something I, that'll be beneficial for later or whatever. But oh. I just, I ran things for one summer and it was one of the coolest summers, one of the coolest feelings of my life, just being the, the hub of social interaction in Houghton at that time. And, uh, you know, not saying that it was, it'll never get better that, than that in my life or anything, you know, horrible like that, but it was just a really cool time period and, and a really cool feeling. Um, you know, the, the power doesn't necessarily go to my head. Like I need power. I need to control people or anything stupid like that. But it was just a cool feeling to always be wanted to always, you know, people would look to me for guidance on what was going to happen socially for the week, essentially. And, that was that was a really cool feeling and a really cool time to kind of be in my element, do what I want to do and and have everyone hang out. And, um, you know, it's not like I called every shot, but that that was, yeah, that no, was a I, really cool period. I, I would agree with that. The summer after my senior year, 
after I graduated, I stayed in, in Madison. And I had, at that point, I had a car available to me. I knew the town. I'd been there for four years. Everybody that I was friends with stayed in town for the most part. And it was an awesome summer because you have the, the benefit of hanging out with everybody that you normally hang out with, but you don't have the responsibility of school. I mean, you, you do you do your internship or work or whatever that might be. And then in the evenings, it was grilling out, going to parks, playing games, uh, just hanging out. And it was really, it was an awesome summer. I wish I would have maybe stayed more too, uh, maybe a couple other summers and given that a shot. Oh, I dipped out for graduating. I like graduated college and I literally, I don't even think, I didn't even say like goodbye to people. I just like packed up all my crap and left. And, uh, and I didn't even walk. I didn't do any of that stuff. The, the school emailed me to my diploma. I just dipped out. They emailed you the diploma? So you have no, like a printed out it. copy? Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. Yeah, they mail you, they mail you like the diploma and the transcripts. But if it makes it feel I, better at graduation, they gave you an empty thing anyway. <laughs> like they're, they? they mail you your, your diploma anyway. Hmm. Do they like say that? Like, do they, we're on like. Yeah, they told the us stage? right away. They just, they basically just gave us a little like, uh, like, like a thing that would hold it in the future, but it never mm-hmm. actually like, I, it didn't even, I don't even think it would fit the diploma. Like, I legit don't know if the holder was like big enough to actually hold the diploma. Like, they just, they, I got like a little like handheld one too, like a little flip book thing. Yeah, I think that was like, that wasn't the diploma, but that was like the little flipbook thing they just like handed you. So everybody's was like exactly the same. But is it time for throne stock? I think it might be. Do do do. Oh yeah, no, go ahead. I mean, I I could. I mean, if you want to go for it, Brent. Oh, I definitely cannot do trust. <laughs> You get it. That's the that's the theme of Game of Thrones. Who's kicking us off? I got it uh, last week. Nick, Nick, take the honor. It's the final episode. Bring us home. The honor. Wow. The honor is is all mine. <laughs> I'll I'll ask that you uh, don't interrupt for a little bit, and I'll I'll go on my brief rant, and then I'll I'll step away and, and provide additional input if asked specifically. Otherwise. I'll just blow up on people and that's not Ready to fun receive. to listen to. Oh, wait, wait, so, wait, wait, wait. Right before you start, throw in at least two good things. Continue. Two good things before I... No, no, just as you're I, going, as you're, two, two good things within your Oh, we're going to get them spiel. out of the way. We're going to rip the Band-Aid off. <laughs> two good things. <laughs> yes. All right, start with one things good thing. Occurred. All right, start with one good thing and end with one good thing. That was uh, like I a sandwich theory. The sandwich it's, just technique. A, it's a really nope. thick sandwich. <laughs> Ghost finally got the pets that he deserves. That is true. Uh, that was a, a good thing where they uh, decided to spring and have Jon Snow uh, at the very end uh, giving Ghost some pets. It was uh, entirely fan service, and uh, I appreciated it seeing as my dog is named Ghost. The other good thing. Um, Nick, do you have to cut off one of your dog's ears now? Yeah, I think no. you should. I think I you have to. Not. It's the only thing that makes sense. Bite you, you, you Eruptions. Bite Just let him get this I through. Eruptions. So... The other good thing. By the way, spoiler is, alert: if you're not fully caught up with all of Game of Thrones, stop listening. 
Kyle, stop interrupting. I know. I just we forgot to spoiler alert it. Anyway. The other good thing act was the last episode. And that those are the only oh, no. two positive things <laughs> I can I can think to say. And quite frankly, the the creators uh, of the TV show, not the book series, mind you, have completely butchered everything and lost their minds. And I'll let speak to this uh, situation where they're working on two projects at once. I, I don't care what the excuses are. Ultimately, this season was a complete and utter failure. You have to accept that this is their telling of the story. And frankly, their storytelling sucks. It is like an eighth grader tried to summarize the grand plot and basically said, okay, well, we're going to copy everything out of the books for the first six seasons. And then there's nothing to go on. So two more seasons should be enough to cover the events. Hey, George, the author of the books, by the way. Hey, George, uh, what's supposed to happen in these in, in the end here? Like we we figured these things out and that's qualified us for this job, a.k.a. that Jon Snow is, in fact, uh, a Targaryen. Uh, we, we figured that out. So we've proven ourselves in, in your eyes, which is very nice. How is how is this all supposed to end? OK, it, it appears that you have about you know, 12, 12 steps to this process. How about, uh, how about two seasons and each, each episode can, yeah, we could probably just make that about a step. Uh, although my numbers are not entirely off just for the accuracy of the situation. Point where he was, George R. R. Martin clearly said, this is what's supposed to happen. And they basically took an episode and de- dedicated it to, okay, this is what's supposed to happen. Um, Apparently, they forgot to ask about character arcs. Apparently, they forgot to uh, understand how these characters got in these situations in the first place. And ultimately, what we got was a very visually stimulating product that had no story, no logic, and no... It's just no good. (laughs) I don't know how to word that any better. Um, I guess for the summarizing of the actual episode, I can I can get off my horse on how horrible it was. But um, the episode consisted of Jon Snow um, talking to Tyrion after he was thrown in prison. And Tyrion says, you need to do what's right. It basically killed Daenerys. Um, and Jon Snow says, I can't do it. I love her. Uh, she's my queen. All the other lovely BS that he's been feeding us. Uh, lots of lots of silence. Lots of what they've been doing all season. They don't have the ability to write good dialogue because they're idiots. So they just put in these long, sullen silences to assume the tension is building. And uh, it's, it's pretty much crap. So uh, John kills Daenerys Drogon, the dragon, uh, sees Daenerys is on the ground, sniffs her, bumps her, realizes something is wrong, gets super upset, uh, realizes that John killed her, doesn't decide to eat John. You know, that would be logical, decides to blow off some steam. And by blow off some steam as a dragon, I mean, uh, blow some fire at, oh, look, the Iron Throne, because it needed to be melted. And that seemed like the most logical way to do it. Never mind that John is still standing there ready to be eaten by the flipping dragon. Uh, So then the dragon takes Daenerys' body and flies off because 
why not? Sure, that seems like a good way to just get the dragon out of the story. That way no one has to slay the dragon. So uh, John is left there, and now apparently Grey Worm is running things and takes John hostage, and we time warp forward. And I may be missing a few things if you guys want to jump in. But uh, we time warp forward, and now it's a council of all the leaders of the world who are left and uh, they bring Tyrion forward, who was in jail, and uh, they didn't bring John. And then they sit there and say, oh, well, Tyrion's here and we need to pick a ruler uh, to decide what the fate of Tyrion and Jon Snow is. Uh, Grey Worm doesn't want to give them up. He wants revenge and, uh, you know, apparently just uh, let them sit in the prison for the passing several months while everyone made their way to king's landing i don't know so everyone's here and john's not there but he's in prison and Tyrion's there and they're like okay well we need a king to decide what's going to happen they make some jokes about democracy the comedy in this moment was actually okay there was another good thing the comedy although horribly timed was was decent but you have to have oh, been in such to an have attitude. two things nick <laughs> you had to be in such an attitude of i don't give a crap about what the story is here uh to appreciate the comedy uh but i was already in that mood yeah, where the, the, the uncle stepped in and that, and that was all. But at any rate, they, they spew a bunch of crap in our face uh, and Tyrion attempts... They, they, this is the writers attempting dialogue so, and frankly... Sorry, if I may well. real quick, that uncle has been completely useless the entire story. Like, this is the same guy that, like, missed the flaming arrow to light his dad on fire or whatever. Like, uh, and then somebody had to take his bow. the mountain and uh, captured the mill when he was supposed to be letting the mountain and stay And he was there. also the one yeah. that, like, got married during the Red Wedding. Like, that was him. He was the one that got married during the Red Wedding and then was just basically, like, a captor for the remaining seasons until recently. And then he got punked by Jamie Lannister into uh, giving them River Run. And yeah, so a lot, lot of lot of he's a useless character. He came full. Or didn't I deserve it? And blah, blah, blah. And uh, that was a good joke. Everyone, I think uh, Sansa just told him to sit down, which, again, from a, a writing perspective, um, he doesn't know her. He's never actually met her. Uh, I think I was talking with Kyle about that. And it's just like, okay, that's horribly disrespectful outside of the comedic effect from the audience, because you know that he's a useless character. And of course we know Sansa's story, but for her to just tell him to do that was, was stupid. Like it doesn't make any sense. It's just horrible. Yeah, like it makes sense for the audience, but in real life it doesn't make sense. Cause yeah, you're right. Like makes none. Whatsoever. I thought it was funny initially until Nick brought up, like they've never actually like talked to each other since she was maybe like a little kid. Like they're never in the same scene together. Ever. Never. Right. So for her to just be like, sit down, it's like, okay, you're a woman. That's a big thing in Westeros uh, to get over. And then this is a man, a Lord of River Run, who's your uncle or whatever by, by family or by blood. And you've never seen him. And you, the first thing you say to him is just sit down after he's asking to, or claiming, making his claim to be King again, as a viewer, hilarious uh, from uh, to be fair with the time warp, they might've talked a couple times before then. Okay. You're, you're making assumptions <laughs> to defend them. Yeah, let's not, let's not help him out. No, I'm not. At so. any rate, return to silence, please. Uh, as we're sitting there <laughs> at this great council, as we're sitting there at this great council, the, the directors tried their hand at dialogue and gave Tyrion this lovely speech. And uh, Peter Dinklage, to his credit, tried to give uh, a great Tyrion speech, and it could not have flopped harder. And he, he basically claims that, um, you know, people love stories and people will believe in stories. And he then goes on to claim that Bran Stark has the best story and uh, then proceeds to name him Bran the Broken. 
and uh, everyone uh, votes for him to be the king except Sansa. And Sansa basically says, okay, well, he can't have children and he can't this, but she gets past that. But then she says, oh, well, the North fought against the Night King and the North needs to be free. Um, they allow it. Most BS thing ever. Oh, there was also a joke about democracy and giving everyone a vote and that got laughed off by the Lords. That wasn't really a comedy moment. Maybe it could have been, but um, they, they had touched the democracy button and it just got laughed at as it would have in that, in that figurative world. But uh, Sansa wants the North to be free and they agree to it. So now it's the six kingdoms. Oh, by the way, Dorne in the history of Westeros has never been conquered to the quote-unquote seven kingdoms through marriage. And that fell apart when uh, Rhaegar divorced, uh, or whatever the equivalent of divorce is, uh, the princess from Dorne and married uh, Lyanna Stark to have Jon Snow. But Dorne has never been conquered, and now they've got a new prince who's just at this council miraculously, and somehow he agrees to stay as part of the six kingdoms. That's the biggest joke in the world. And then if you're one of the any other kingdoms, what's the advantage to staying under brand the broken to to be ruled as you know part of the kingdoms it was it was the just the biggest most poorly written scene ever to have one brand be the night king you know the guy or not, excuse me who has done nothing even against the night king um you know there's this scene where uh Tyrion talks to bran and it pans away so we don't get to see any of the details presumably you know they talked and Tyrion understands what bran's powers are now but Guy who is not doing anything on the sidelines the entire time, despite being damn near omnipotent, is is all of a sudden thrust into the throne, which raises all kinds of tinfoil theories of, okay, you had all this power. You could see all of the past. You can even see some of the future with green sight. And you've claimed, I can't be the Lord of Winterfell. I can't be a Lord. I can't be Bran Stark anymore. And now you have the audacity to stand there when uh, they ask you to be king and say, well, why do you think I came all this way? So that's like the biggest slap in the face troll moment ever to basically say, oh, yeah, no, I was just pulling the strings the whole time to make sure that I was the king. Like, I mean, I, that's not what it was, but that's what it that's what it is. Like, based on how you wrote it, that's what it is. And, and it was it was the stilliest, stupidest nonsense. Um, Grey Worm, who was controlling the city, just says, "Ah, yes, this all makes sense to me. We're going to leave now. And gives the city back to them, including Jon Snow. But he made a deal with them, so Jon Snow had to go to the Night's Watch and can't have children or whatever. I, I It didn't make any sense whatsoever. They were just trying to tie up every little loose end, and, and they did a horseshit job. And ultimately, Jon Snow went to the wall, uh, went north of the wall. I don't know if he's a ranger or if he just wanted to join the free folk, but he's with Ghost and gave Ghost the pats. So um, for, if I may real quick, what I've heard from that is that he was escorting them back to their lands, essentially. And he's now the 1000th uh, keeper of the, or whatever guard, whatever the Night's Lord Watch Commander, Captain, Lord Commander, Lord of, the Commander Watch. of the Night's Watch. Yeah, yeah. So I think th that's apparently what that story arc is supposed to be, that he's escorting them back to their home. Their, yeah, well, their they, they didn't clarify that. For no, sure they didn't. It, it was yeah, very I confusing. I thought he was abandoning his post and just going north with them. I thought he was just leaving. Right? What was it's the inside joke between he and Bran? Like, oh, you're going to make me the go to the Night's Watch. Good thing there is no Night's Watch. I'm just going to go up here and live. 
Yeah, I thought he was just a band. Grey Worm. Oh no, don't make me a Night's Watch. Oh god. And Arya um, became a pirate. I was excited yep, about that. Yep. Uh, sorry, I'll, I'll finish up real quick on, <laughs> on the rest of it. Um, and to go west of Westeros uh, to sail off uh, into the abyss and, and see what happens. And fourteen hundred and ninety-two. A new story there. All right, all right, let's um, go. The island of Narth with all the uh, unsullied, because why not just go conquer your girl, your dead girlfriend's home city? Um, and uh, the Dothraki disappeared. I think probably went back. I don't know. Yeah, and then they had just the other leaders. I think they the next thing they did with the, was the uh, the council, the broken, which is just a horrible name for a king, but whatever. Um, they they showed the um, the hand. They made Tyrion the hand, and then why am I blanking on the name of the council? What is that? I don't, yeah, know I don't know the name. It's just the yeah, the someone. king's council or whatever. It's literally the king's just council, the whatever. Council. They they just show that, and they made Bronn the Lord of Highgarden per uh, per his demands of uh, Tyrion and Jaime. And he's also the master of coin. Brienne to be fair, is... If I may, to be fair, like, I don't see how they would have to even pay up for that. Like, Cersei's dead. Like, anyhow, continue. Ministers always pay their debts, I guess, is what you could claim. But uh, no, he, he was a loved character, so they signed him and they had to put him in X number of episodes. So, um he is the master of coin. Uh, Sir Davos is the master of ships. Brienne is the uh, leader of the King's Guard. Podrick is also a mem- member of the King's Guard. He's on wheelchair duty. And then uh, Sam, despite being with Gilly and having a child, is the Grand Maester, uh, which doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense. And is that all of them? Yeah, there's only four at the time. Yeah, they're missing okay. people. And they're missing other positions that'll get filled in. They have some awkward moments where uh, they say hi to Bran and uh, the, the formatting of their conversation and the formalities aren't right. And he's just kind of like, whatever. Um, and Tyrion's like, it'll get better. Why do they need a master of whisperers when Bran can warg into ravens and see whatever he wants? Yeah. Just no, a thought. Uh, like, like I said, uh, really, really stupid writing. And uh, ultimately... I'm just glad it's over. They can't ruin it more than they did, uh, which they did. So with that, Um, I I will let you take over. Uh, I have a question for you, Nick. Um, Do you think the seasons would have been better if they didn't rush it in the number of episodes and maybe made everything twice as long? So say like the Battle of Winterfell was actually like two episodes long and kind of explained everything in more depth and like got a lot deeper, better scenes. Do you think like the seasons would have been a lot better if they would have just split it up into? They longer... would have stuck to the normal formula, yeah. of of a, a somewhat exciting start, a bunch of episodes that drag on forever, giving you all the plot and story, character development, yeah. and then a finale style. Yeah, like would have started with the Battle of Winterfell, and then like all the whole story in between from them traveling and like all all everyone like developing their characters developing and then finally like the battle down i can't even think of it right now but against, King's Landing. Like, the gold so yeah that's yeah. one good so, th- to answer go ahead the Nick. question yeah th- uh to answer the question the answer is yes with a caveat being that the idea that the night king final boss is unacceptable Literally the first episode of the show, it is established. This is the great beyond 
the the thing everyone needs to drop everything and deal with this the fact that you would go from that and it was so short and you could make it longer and that might make it better but to go from that and how that was depicted through seasons and then in one episode so the length might fix that but then to have to turn around and say okay nothing has changed we need to go deal with Cersei it's like that's bad writing I'm sorry if if I may there's something else to it what they probably should have done is ended this episode with the Night King battle and then have another season or sorry end this season with the Night King battle and then have another like epilogue season of after that. So like the, you know, the night King story is complete after this season. And then the net, you know, there's one extra, ta- you know, eight seasons of story and then one extra tack on season for us to see what happens at, you know, afterwards, you know, that's like the epilogue chapter. Like, I think yeah, that so would have I mean, been a much better format. That sense. But you, you have to have the showing, like the showing of time, whether that's an epilogue, epilogue status or like, okay, Another two years passes of winter because, OK, I, I, Kyle, you and I have had this discussion where, OK, the Night King brought the winter, but it's it's not like Night King affects the season. Like there's still going to be a winter to an extent. And, and the stories have been that, OK, certain things are impassable. Like remember when Stannis Baratheon says we're going to get trapped in Castle Black because we can't march because it's going to get it's it's winter which is a logical, normal statement. But then throughout season seven and eight, people are back and forth between Castle Black on horses, no problem. Okay, this is a bad joke. Like if you're going to go from, okay, you've defeated the Night King. This is the, the battle for humanity. Great. But then winter needs to then run its course as a normal season of some variety. And it needs to impact South. I don't know if I may. I think I always thought I always thought that the Night King was partially, at least, affecting winter. Like it's more dangerous and scary and uh, intense of a winter because he's there and he's coming. That's how I I, I did. I I, even from the beginning, I've had that interpretation in my mind. To an extent, it's worse. But in the histories of Westeros and the lore, the canon from the book, if you will, they they say it has been tradition uh, of of men in the north to abandon their families at the beginning of winter to go out to the woods and die. And that's not because of the Night King. It's because there's not enough food to support a family. And either they would like old men would go out into the woods and just freeze to death so that their families could eat what food there was and, and survive. And the other thing they would do is they would go to war uh, in the histories of Westeros. Uh, when winter's approaching uh, the Northmen would go to war because it was either you go out into the woods and freeze to death to give your family the best chance of surviving with the food that they have, or you march South. So if I may, I think your life is forfeit already. I, well, I think you're bringing up stuff that is not uh, TV show canon. Like that's and never shown may, in canon. It does never shown in the TV show. So I don't think you can hold that against the show per se as a reason. Time, at the same time though, I kind of like that. And the show should have been able to go into a little bit deeper. Had they not rushed it. Like, they had more time per Dylan's comment. I, if I, I, I 
If I if I may though, I take a different perspective. I don't mind the Night King not being the final boss. Uh, Martin has never given me the impression that magic is the end all, be all, and that the the true monster is always the humans and that kind of thing. So I'm okay if you push that angle and that's how you want to approach it. I but fell out of my chair. Give, the first seven give the man building up to the Night King rebuilding. But it was also building up to the whole battle of the throne. Like it's that's always also no, so both of them present. have been. The throne the has always the been throne, our That's what I'm saying. The battle for the throne has always been there, but the major plot of Game of Thrones has been this build up of the Night King. For some characters. It were, no, others, no, it, it was it, the it, throne. It was separate. I, like, yes, both both the throne and the Night King are important, and both are the two main overarching plots of the entire book like like literally the the first movie like it's called game of thrones is the series so there is the game of the thrones but then like the very yeah. first one the song of ice and fire like or just you know ice yeah, like it, the it, night king literally season one episode one scene one was the night king and, that, so, and that's what i'm saying i i don't mind well i mean i don't mind that the throne is the final thing that's that's fine with me it's just what they did with the night king where they didn't give any background I don't have any information about Bran warging or what the Three-Eyed Raven actually is, uh, having not read the books yet. I think that is the criminal part of it, is that there's so many questions left unanswered that it just feels empty. Like, I just, I feel empty not knowing, well, what was Bran doing the whole time during the thing? Oh, let's just ignore it. I think what but, yeah. was the Night King's purpose? Let's just ignore it. Like, that feels like I'm being cheated out of something. And I don't like. I'm saying I don't mind if the Night King's not the final boss, but why is he there if he's not have any importance at all? I totally. That's, I think Brent's got the the main point of this whole season is that I think the Thrones, uh, the Thrones battle, I guess, was wrapped up fairly well, and all loose ends were pretty well tied up for the Thrones ending, uh, although not in the best way. It was still all tied up at least. But yeah, Brent's right. The the. Uh, Ice, you know, the White Walkers were not tied up. You just don't have all the information you feel you need to have that story resolved. And there's there's too many open questions in that storyline to have that one be fully closed for us as viewers. Can I give my impression? And this is what I told Heather uh, after the episode was over. And, and this is the big event of the year. I come out after watching that and I told her, she's like, how was the episode? And in my opinion, I was like, like kind of boring. Like, it just, everything tied up pretty nicely in a neat little package. It didn't seem like anything of real substance happened. All of our characters got these nice, happy endings. And it just did not feel like how Game of Thrones should have ended. That's I, I don't they, know if anyone the got whole that episode there. was them wrapping up everything. So they keep But nicely like, with little bows. Like, that's yeah, not how it should have been. It did kind of feel like the Lord of the Rings ending. We're like, that was the end of the movie. Nope. Oh, still going. Oh, that's the end of the movie. Oh, nope. Nope. Okay, that's got. That's got to be the end of the movie. I think. I think that's kind of the direction it was going with the whole Lord of the Rings esque ending. And, and if it's in a book, if the book ends that way, you know that could be good because in that format, you can hash out a little bit more details to everything. You can make it connect better. It's not going to be like the book hasn't been finished yet. It's definitely not going to be a rush storytelling event. 
like Nick, what you-, you have to for TV. But in TV, it just left me wanting. I'm just like, oh, it's over. Okay. Nick, did you read the book for this season? It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist? Dude, the I'd rest. be impressed if we did. Okay, I, di- I didn't realize they didn't exist yet. Um, yeah, the, the anyways, last two books pretty- haven't been released. Okay. All right, never mind then. I my question no longer uh, is valid. I was gonna ask <laughs> well, I guess if you knew. What's... I was gonna ask if you knew why Ghost Ghost was missing an ear. They didn't explain that at all. All of a sudden, oh, it's just like here's that's, Ghost. That's and... simple enough. What's that? It was part of the Dothraki charge where all of the Dothraki were killed except magically half of them were not. Dude, yeah, that uh, I will say. Yeah, by the way, Ghost was, like was with them, and that was the wound he got in this last episode. I know that is honestly one of my biggest problems with this whole season is because of that damn Dothraki charge. And all of a sudden after that, they have a shit ton of Dothraki. Like it's just so painful into my logical part of my brain to think that this is now possible because of what I've previously seen happen to these Dothraki. That's probably the most cringing part about that episode in terms of like miss like un. Like what is that? Uncontinuity or like discontinuity episode, episode? Discontinuity. That was like the one that was like blatantly obvious. Yeah, so, that that plagued the entire battle against the Night King. What they were showing us happening versus what they were telling us happened were two very different things. And, and the fact that it didn't align, it stuck a thorn in a lot of people. Sorry, go ahead, Brent. Um, question for you: Does the Dothraki and Unsullied have like a common language, or no, two different like languages? Whole, so when they were doing languages. this, like did they just not understand half of what was going on, or the whole speech thing kind of confused me. And the fact that she can speak to the Dothraki from on top of all those stairs over all the Unsullied, I laughed my ass off, thinking that bitch better have a megaphone. <laughs> she's, she's talking to the Dothraki. That's, that's what I thought initially when she did that in season seven with like the, her dragon behind her, and she like yeah. yelled out to that massive horde. I'm like, there's no like, if I'm in the back of there, I'm like, what is she saying? Like, what'd she just say? It was yeah, on the front cheer. Like she's yeah. speaking some barbarian language, and they both groups the Unsullied and Dothraki are thinking that as they hear each other's languages. It's like, wait, I follow this person. Why? What? And the thing is, I, I think what they're implying is that most of the people are able to speak multiple languages. Like it's far more common to be able to speak multiple languages in in that world. And because if, the, there's, if the unsullied, there's the common tongue, High Valerian, uh, is which is also what the unsullied speak. There's Dothraki, and I think there's one or two others probably. Yeah, I think because I, you could buy because the unsullied are soldiers, they're maybe forced to learn the multiple languages, especially for the Dothraki, which are a people in their, you know, continent. Yeah. But I mean, that's a valid, that's a valid point and a valid concern, but it's, it's, it's just a, a series of, of horrible, horrible mistakes where they, they're showing one thing. They, they were so focused on the visual spectacle. Father, to actually tell a story that made any sense. If you show all the Dothraki dying, the Dothraki are now all dead. 
don't then in the next episode say, oh, we've got half of them left. And I think we tore that episode apart where it basically didn't show enough bodies. It didn't show enough funeral pyres and Winterfell was completely destroyed and this and that and the other thing. Another thing I, I heard in the analysis from a lot of YouTube creators was, OK, if if Drogon could do that to King's Landing, uh, the Night King's dragon Viserion should have been able to annihilate Winterfell without blinking. Yeah, especially if he commits right from the get-go. I think we also talked about uh, how magically dragon fire can destroy stone walls and blow them up. And 20,000, again, the storytelling. We were told there are 20,000 soldiers for the Golden Company. This is a big deal. They've never lost a battle. They're here. This is going to change everything. Well, yeah, and to your point, what the White Walker, us- the White Walker dragon, blasts the entire wall down and then can't just do that same thing to all of Winterfell? There were two dragons. So what they were showing us was horribly inconsistent with what they were telling us. Twenty thousand, you know, dragon full wall. Okay, that they destroyed it. Dragon Winterfell. Ah, he's gonna roll around in the rocks for fun for a little while. (laughs) Like okay, Dragon King's Landing. Ah, yes, basically dragon fires dynamite. Uh, You have the Golden Company, twenty thousand strong. The gate collapses, which would have killed maybe a thousand men or more. Okay, what about the other 19,000? Oh, yeah, they just gave up because, you know, explosions and dragons. Like, or, right there. Like, or, or, Arya what they showed the us and what they told us was horribly, horribly just. Arya kills the Night King and then doesn't do anything for the last three episodes. Like, almost gets killed just in building. Yeah, Arya, like, Arya's I, I arc. I don't know. Arya's arc was. I think okay, except yeah, the, the the ending was definitely a little bit unsatisfying. One thing I wanted to go back to uh, at one point, I think you were talking about um, the uh, the gap in between t- of time when it kind of blacked out, and then it was the council. I thought that was okay. I, I wasn't terribly bothered by that. Um, I think the entire decision to have Bran be the king, I think that plot point was a good plot point. It was the execution of it. That was not good. Uh, like I, I'm, it I'm tried totally to write cool. a Tyrion speech and it failed miserably. Like, if you think about the entire, like all the main plot points of the series or the, the season anyway, I think all the plot points are good plot points. They were just told in such a bad way. Uh, and I, that's my take on it. I guess the, the, the final episode here, I, I enjoyed it. I, I think it was a it was I wasn't, you know, happy with everything that happened, but I think it was an okay conclusion to the series. Uh, like I, I guess it I've, my standards have been lowered, lowered enough where it was like eh, it, like it's it's better than I expected for a conclusion going into it, but I think the plot points were really good and I think Nick's right if you go out and read the George R. R. Martin books, which I probably never will. Uh, it'll be a much more satisfying ending because all those plot points will still be there. They'll just be told in a much more uh, methodical way. I Okay, so we see, and I just had this random thought, and I, I totally agree with you, Kyle. I had this random thought. So there are these, the reason why the kings are allowed, all these noblemen are allowed to meet was because there is a bunch of Northmen outside of the city ready to do business and obviously they must have overpowered or be enough to overpower 
the Dothraki and the Unsullied, then why didn't like John just go with those guys and be like, I'm taking over or like, what were they doing while John was getting captured? I don't, ah, it doesn't add up. Sometimes it just doesn't add up. So like, obviously they still have a lot of, nor- they outnumber them, but at the same time they don't control a city. How's that working? There's, no, mm, oh, I'm having an existential uh, a crisis here. I'll, I'll stop. All right. Anybody else got anything? Otherwise, Brent, we're going to wrap this up. That was episode 49 of If I May. I hope you enjoyed a new episode every Thursday. Please consider supporting us either through uh, merchandise on Teespring, subscribing, sharing, rating, and reviewing. Always appreciated. Uh, If you want to get in contact with us to give us ideas uh, for topics that you want to hear or have us talk about, please give us a DM on Twitter at ZaruBust or send us an email, ZaruBust at gmail.com. We hope you have a great Thursday and we'll see you next.